Welcome to C3 Church Central Coast Sermon Cast. We pray that you'll be inspired and impacted by this message and trust that you're better equipped to live your best life. got a Bible, I want you to come to Hebrews 11, and then we're going to go to Luke 18. Hebrews 11, and then Luke 18. Hebrews 11, verses 1 and 2, you may have read this before. Definition of faith. Faith, it says in um, the NIV, verse 1, now faith is confidence, confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. The New King James says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And the Amplified Bible says, Now faith is the assurance or the confirmation or the title deed of things that we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. This is an awesome definition of faith, isn't it? We're called to live by faith, to walk by faith. And so we need to know what it is. Faith is getting a hold of something in the spirit, God himself and promises of God, and having it, knowing it as a reality, and yet you haven't yet seen it in the physical realm. It's real, but it's in the spirit. It's having a title deed, an assurance, a confidence, a proof, and yet we don't see the proof yet in the physical realm. And so we often get a hold of something before you give your life to God and you pray like I did as a 15-year-old on the side of my bed. Oh, God, come into my life. Nothing happens. I prayed it again. I thought, oh, I know he's busy. Maybe he hasn't heard me. He's a figure. There's a lot of people in the world now. So I prayed again. I was waiting for, where's the thunder? But then things start to change. You gradually stop swearing. Or whatever it may be. That was my first thing. Go to Christian meetings. Oh, wow, this is awesome. You're blank. And be like, oh, yeah, right. Must clean up my mouth, you know. And so God works on us and our prayers are answered. But we catch it first in our spirit. But what I want you to see here, just a little word that sits in those verses or those three translations, sits before the word faith. Now faith is being sure. Now faith is substance. Now faith is confidence. Now faith, you could, if you remember your grammar, you could change that preposition into a, an adjective and say it's a description of the kind of faith we need to have. We need now faith. And I want to talk about now faith. Faith for today, faith for now. Because that's how God wants to meet with us. We want to meet with God and he wants to meet with us right now. We can be confident of meeting with and getting to know God now, today. Regardless of how things are in the natural, again, in the spirit, we can have something. We can get something. And God wants us to have this kind of faith, faith for connecting with him in the present. Jesus moving in our lives today. God changing your world now. And we shouldn't just be, you know, it's easy to look into the past, the good old days. You can, it's not even faith, it's just reflections of history to say, oh, I was close to God back then. Oh, I was on fire. They were the, they were the good old, yeah, I remember that. You know, Well, that's not going to do us any good, just living in the past. And other people, it's easy to have faith in the future. Oh, well, I, I know things will work out. 
eventually. I'm, I'm projecting my faith that, yeah, someday, one day, it's going to But God wants us to have now faith, faith for today. Of course, I'm, I'm playing with words a little there, the semantics of that scripture. The real message of that verse is the definition of faith. You could take the word now out and it doesn't have to be applied, like I said, as an adjective. But the the tone of scriptures, the message in the word supports that concept that faith is for now, that faith is for today. So even though it's a little, you know, play on words, it, it is still supported by the message of the Bible. In fact, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2 says, now is, who knows that? Now is the time of God's favor. Now or today is the day of salvation. Now. Today, your life can change radically. You can be saved. You can be saved from your sin. You don't have to go to hell. You can go to heaven. That's a reasonably big change. You know, you can actually be healed. You can have your life changed today. It's the day of God's favor today, right now. Now, as I said, if you come with me to Luke 18, I want to look at two different incidents, uh, one after the other. Luke chapter 18 where Jesus, when he was on earth, had that favor, that salvation available and how it came into two men's lives specifically through having faith for now. In um, Luke 18, if you read with me from verse 35 and we'll go right through into chapter 19, it says this, As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see. He replied, Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus, which he could do, being able to see. (laughs) That's kind of cool, isn't it? Not stumbling around. There's Jesus. Wow, I can see. The first thing I want to look at is the one that healed me. It says he followed Jesus, praising God. And when all the people saw it, they also praised God. Isn't that awesome? But read on. Jesus then entered Jericho and he was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see, to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, 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 here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I'll pay him back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. That's pretty cool. There's two elements about both those stories I want to look at. First one is the fact that God's loving and powerful 
And Jesus brings this love and power into people's lives. Last week I talked about honour and how Jesus honours us and honours everyone. And he's willing to hang out and be close to anybody and everyone. And this just shows all kinds of people in society, people that others ignored or disliked or even despised, Jesus was willing to connect with and to be associated with. This blind man was just a beggar. He was the lowest socioeconomic class of society. And Zacchaeus, well, as a tax collector, he was hated by all the Jews. All his fellow countrymen hated tax collectors because they were benefiting from taking money from their own people and then taking their cut before passing it on to the foreign occupying forces of the Roman Empire. And so they were often, you know, hated by the Jewish people. But Jesus hung out with them. He didn't have a problem. He stayed connected with them. He went out of his way to meet them. And, of course, when he did, it wasn't just love and compassion. He has this power, God's power, and he heals him. He's got the authority to say, salvation's come into your life. That's pretty cool. And so he ignores criticisms of other people. He hangs out with Zacchaeus. He meets with the blind man and heals him. And so there's the God element. But the second element that you see in these two stories is the human element. The faith element, what they needed to connect with Jesus, this now faith, this sense of, yeah, here's my moment. I'm going to trust in God. I'm going to connect with God. I'm going to make an effort to to reach out and receive something from God. And their lives are totally changed because of this. The blind beggar, well, he reaches out with this cry of faith. And he's got difficulties in getting to Jesus because people think, no, 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 he's not interested in you. Yuck, you're smelly, you're blind, you're filthy because he's living in the dirt and begging on the ground and they think Jesus wouldn't be interested so they make it hard they tell him it says be quiet and you know he, he's being used to push being pushed around he could easily have just thought oh okay well I had a go but you know and 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 his faith could have just been projected to the future oh well then today's not my day maybe one day Jesus will come past and there'll be no one in the way Maybe one day, maybe God will meet with me somehow. Maybe somehow one day, if I'm lucky, perhaps it's going to work out, but not today. No, today's my day. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of God's favor. I want my healing. I want it now. You know, there's a hunger and an awareness living in the moment. Not just, oh, well, say someday, you know, perhaps. No, why not live for today? You know, why get healed tomorrow if you can get healed today? Why put it off? He's... You know, this is my chance. And so he's, he's going for it. And then when Jesus meets with him, Jesus, you know, gets him to confirm what he really wants. He asks him. I mean, it's pretty obvious. What do you want? Oh, well, you know, well, I've got this and that. You know, like a new set of encyclopedia. Well, I can't read, so I don't want that. I want, of course he wants to see. But Jesus wants to hear him say it, draws it from him, sees the hunger. And then, of course, Jesus confirms and commends his confirms the healing and commends him for his faith for the healing because he says your faith has healed you your faith is involved here of course it's the power of god but jesus is saying your faith your your now faith your your hunger to draw something from me that's what's really brought a change into your life and others look on and go oh his faith look at his faith jesus said it's his faith and then of course they'd be thinking where am I? Am I really trusting in God? Am I, you know, connecting with God in that way? And then Zacchaeus, well, he's got disadvantages he's got to overcome. He's 
aware that this is his chance, and yet, oh, he's short, there's a big crowd. Oh, well, again, he would be tempted to think, today's not my day. I'll trust in God, but for the future, one day, perhaps I'll... Oh, maybe Jesus will go past without a crowd and all that. No, but what does he do? He's, he's rich, and yet he climbs a tree. He doesn't say, men, lift me up. You know, he's like, now, let me ask you, when's the last time you climbed a tree? Oh, all right, you show off, hanging out with the kids. Well, you know, as you grow older, you tend not to climb trees a lot. You know, as kids, we're just climbing trees and swinging like monkeys, and it's just normal. But... For a growing rich man, he's probably not used to climbing a tree. It's not like that. And, and Jesus points to him. Everyone looks up, and there he is. Hi. You know, not like, yes, well, I'm a rich man. I'm Zacchaeus, and this is my entourage. And it's like, hi, I'm in the tree. You know, I mean, the little boys, Luke helped me build a tree house. Luke, you know, swings like a monkey and built tree houses, and so he knows what he's doing. But he wasn't there the second day. We did one platform, one level. So I went and did the second level on my own. I'm climbing the tree in the backyard with the wood and the saw and getting all the... And I'm not in bad shape, but my legs are sore at the end of the day because they're all twisted and hanging around at different angles. You know, it's not the sort of thing you normally do as a grown man. So Zacchaeus is in that situation. It's humble. It's, you know, it's not... He's going, you know, faith takes you out of your comfort zone. That's what I'm saying. You know, you want to connect with God. You want to keep your dignity, you know, and they're like, come on, give the Lord a clap. Oh, and so, whistling, you know, what's that? Oh, well, that's shout to the Lord. That's, that's let, come on, make a joyful noise to the Lord. That's getting, that's real, that's getting a bit excited. That's like, not just going through a religious duty, that's connecting with God. Now, of course, you don't have to whistle and shout and jump and swing from the chandeliers, but you shouldn't judge if other people do because that's, that's living in the now. That's stepping out of the comfort zone. That's, you know, I've had people run around the building sometimes. And, you know, and hey, why not? You know, you, again, you don't have to, but if that's what's happening when they're plugging their socket into the power source, then things happen. And so, you know, faith will take you beyond your, your comfort zone, and that's what happens with Zacchaeus. And look at uh, what happens. Jesus sees this spiritual hunger because this guy was wealthy, um, but he knew, hey, there's more to life than what my money can buy. That's why he was connecting with Jesus. Jesus knows that and, and, uh, and meets with him. That's why Jesus says, I'm coming to your house. So this is, so he could tell something's going to happen. This guy opens his home and he opens his heart to Jesus. And then he says, I'm going to give away some money and I'm going to pay people back. Now, he's not buying God's favor there. There's a change of heart and that's just the outflow of it. And, you know, there's nowhere in the scripture that says, you know, rich men have to give it all away to get saved. But sometimes if that's the stumbling block, whatever it might be, we need to make sure there's nothing between us and God. And for another rich man, we know, perhaps it was Bartimaeus, um, sorry, uh, uh, Barnabas, uh, you know, that it said this rich man was told, go and give everything away. Because Jesus, again, knew that's the problem you've got. Now, not every rich person would have that problem if it wasn't in their heart and blockaging, you know, blocking their, their walk with God. But for this guy, it was part of the process. And then look at some of the words that show how in the now Jesus meets with him, how it was happening right then and there and this faith that he had. In verse 5, chapter 19, Jesus says, Zacchaeus, come down when? 
immediately. In verse 5 again, he says, I must stay at your house when? Today. Verse 6, he came down when? At once. Verse 8, here and now. Not later, perhaps one day. Here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor. Verse 9, today salvation has come to this house. Isn't that awesome? It's all now, here, today. Not, well, here's some teaching. Think about it. And perhaps one day, perhaps you'll have Yeah, well, I'll, you know, when I'm old, I'll give my life to God because I want to do everything on my own. You heard that one, you know? I'm going to live a life of fun. And then when I'm on my deathbed, I'll give my life to God and I'll go to heaven. It's like, duh, life of fun. Give your life to God. He knows how your life will be better. Give him your life earlier. Plus, there's these little things called trucks that might just clean you up. And you never know. Or, or many other ways to die. There's some show on TV, a million ways to die or something. You know, there's plenty of ways to die and you can't be guaranteed that you'll, you know. So today is the day of salvation. Don't put it off. I remember Tony Chirkoff prophesying. Where is he? He had, was working with a mate. Now, Tony, he won't mind me saying that, is not a diplomat. Tony <laughs> is someone that... You know, he calls a spade a shovel. Bam! You know, he, he will say it the way it is. And it's awesome because God uses all different kinds of people. And so he said to he was witnessing to a guy. And the guy, I think he said, the, the guy said, oh, no, I'm going to give my life to God when I'm old. I, I, I'm going to live my life on my own. And when I'm on my deathbed, then I'll give my life. And Tony said to him, you never know, a truck could hit you. Isn't that right? Something like this. A truck could hit you. And the very next day, the guy got hit by a truck. A bus, yeah, a bus, you know, and survived. So he's got a chance, you know. So I, I don't think he made an immediate decision to follow the Lord, but Tony no doubt stayed on his case and probably got him up against a wall. Maybe gave him a matchbox bus for Christmas, you know. Said, hmm, think about that. Um <laughs> Like I said, duh, this is a good, if you hear nothing else today, duh, write that down in the Greek, D-E-E-R. You know, it's like, come on, let's get it right. No, D-E-A-R is dear. Duh. D-E, I'm spelling it in the Greek. Yeah, yeah. D-E-E-E-D-E, oh, whatever. It's a joke, forget it, back to the Bible. Okay, so, Jesus meets with him then and there. And Jesus wants to meet with you here and now. He was there physically. You know, they had God's word coming out of the mouth of Jesus physically. But we still have God's word coming to us, speaking to us through the Bible, through words of prophecy, through the inner witness of the Holy Spirit, confirming what the Bible's already said. And it's all waiting for us to believe in it when now. Today. And so we got to, you know, meet with God with, with expectation. That's what faith is. And, you know, God will meet with you at whatever level of expectation you've got. So if you don't expect anything, that's what you'll get. But if you expect to meet with God, then you will. And if you expect the promises to jump out of the page and change your life, then they will. And things can happen. But you've got to reach out. You've got to believe. And you've got to believe, you know, in, in the now, in the present time. Um, you know, of course, the, the greatest goal um, of getting to... The greatest goal of, of our faith is just getting to know God. 
You know, it's not stuff. It's what we say. It's not seeking his hand. It's seeking his face. It's, it's knowing Jesus. And, and, you know, in the book of John, Jesus records who he is and who he wants. Sorry, John records words of Jesus, seven different powerful statements, the I am statements of Jesus. You know, he says, I'm the bread of life. I'm the door to heaven. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I'm the resurrection of the life. I'm the light of the world. They're all statements prophesying potentially what he wants to be in our lives. And notice he says, I am, not I was or I will be or could be. I am the bread of life, food for the soul. I am the light of the world to show you how to go in life. It's in the present sense. Present tense. Uh, when God met with Moses, he said, Tell them, he says, who, well, who, you know, who will I say sent me? Go to Pharaoh and all that. He says, tell them, I am sent me. God is the great I am. He's not the great I was or the great I could be or might be perhaps for someone else but not you because you're probably not good looking enough. And I feel like, you know, that sort of projection onto someone else or sometime else right here, right now. Uh, you know, David knew this when you read the Psalms. He, uh, he talks about, you know, he, his relationship with God in the present tense, wherever he's at, whatever he's going through. Psalm 118 says, this is the day the Lord has made. I'll rejoice in it. He says, we will rejoice in it. Let's be glad in it. Today, this is the day. Not just one day we'll be able to rejoice. Or, oh, I remember the good old days when I rejoiced. Right here and now, I rejoice. You know, you've heard that verse, no doubt, before. But the next verse in the King James Bible, the New King James, it says this. Save now, I pray, O Lord. I pray, send now prosperity. Save now, I pray. Send now prosperity. So again, David's praying here and now. And God wants to save you now. He wants to bring prosperity into your life now. And so David pressed into that. And, and he's talking about rejoicing in every day. And this is why faith people are positive people. Have you ever noticed that? It's not a facade. It's not a self-help, you know, try hard, positive thinking kind of thing. It's just natural. Like I said, if you plug into a power source, that you receive that power. And so if you're plugging into God, if you have now faith, if you're walking with God today, then you're going to have the joy of the Lord as your strength. You're going to be changed. You're going to find it hard to be depressed. Because you've got worries and issues, but when who knows that? When you come to God and you cast your cares upon the Lord and you follow the Scriptures and you know that all things work together for good and that you pray about whatever it is and the Bible says it's going to work out, then you get lifted up and, and we get God's strength to you know, lift us. And so there's a wonderful effect for our own sake when we have now faith, not just Oh, God, I'm believing for that other person or for revival in my nation and for, you know, the task of the intercessor and calling and praying for others. But just the natural byproduct of walking with God in the here and now is that you're going to, you know, be buoyant in your spirit. I mean, Ruth found this with Arena. She was just in Russia, as many, many of you would know, because our good friend lost her husband tragically in a car accident. In February, bang, gone, just like that. She's got five children. Life is tough in Russia. Ruth goes and spends three weeks with her, living there. And Irina is singing, walking around the house singing, and just full of God's joy. And why? Because she's walking in the here and now with God. She's got now faith. And she's, even with her husband, she's saying, well, I rejoice that I had 20 great years with him. You know, she's just got this... 
outlook. And as I said, it's not a, a you know, positive mental attitude kind of thing she's learnt from an American, you know, speaker or self-help book. It's the Lord. You know, one of the most positive people I've ever met, ever known, is Phil Pringle. And he's been through a lot of stuff, like any leader. He's copped all kinds of criticism and stuff. And yet, he's full of life. And, for, you know, just yesterday, Haddon and Dale and I went for a ride on our motorbikes with Phil and some other guys from his church because Phil's getting into motorbikes. And he's got a pretty busy life. He's got an incredible international speaking itinerary. And when he comes home, he's got other interests. You know, he's into cycling and yachting and he's got friends and, you know, all sorts of things he can do. But he's like... Motorbikes, there you go, that's part of life, I'll get into that. But he said over coffee uh, yesterday, he said it's amazing how negative some people are. He said as soon as they heard that I was getting a motorbike license, because he's new to it, he said people would say, you're going to die. Oh, you better get your, your, your donor card and stick it next to your license, because, you know, you're going to... And he said, and, and like I said, he's a faith man and he's full of God's positivity. He said, I reject that. I'm not going to die. I'm going to live. I'm going to have fun. God's on the throne. It's okay. You know, because he's living with faith. He's not living in fear. So if someone says, oh, you've got a motorcycle, or oh, equals death, or oh, it's only a matter of time, you don't go, oh, really? Oh, gee, well, oh, okay, I better sell it, or oh, never, or, you know, ride at one mile an hour, or uh. it's like, no, nah, whatever, you know, and give it a go. And there he is, you know, riding. Or oh, have I said something wrong? I'm not preaching to you. You always say, go for it. That's okay. <laughs> no, no, no. No, Ruth's, Ruth's great. Sorry? Speed limit. Get behind me. Um, sorry, of course. Yes, I mean, yes, yes to you, yes to you. Uh, yes, speed limit. Don't, don't get me started. We're going to move the church to Germany, the Autobahn, you know. Anyway, in heaven, there's no speed limit. And, and, and there's marshmallows on the sides of the roads. That's true. There's motocross tracks with no hard things. Anyway, um, but, you know, that, that's, I just thought that's a classic example, you know. Phil is walking with the Lord, full of faith, prays every day, and... Whatever issue comes along, it's not like, oh, no, I'm going under. No. Romans 8 says we are more than conquerors. Again, not were or will be, are today more than a conqueror. You want victory? It's right there. It's right here, right now. Now, uh, of course, this is the deal. You pray for something. You, you know, you can draw close to God right now. Have him in your heart. But then when you're praying for a promise you see in Scripture, it's there and your faith reaches and says, yes, I've got it. But sometimes it takes a while to play out into reality. And here's the challenge because, you know, the blind man got his sight restored instantly. Well, that's cool. But some promises, something we're believing God for, even though we have faith now, the actual outplaying of it isn't always instantaneous. And so there's a challenge. We've got to be careful we don't throw away our faith, that we don't give up on our faith, that we stay in faith. Because as soon as we do, well, then the promise is like being ripped up or burned or forgotten and lost. It's not going to happen. But if we can stay in faith, God's on the throne. God's got things under control. He'll bring things to pass. You know, when Jesus rose from the dead, we know there were at least 500 people that saw him. And yet on the day of Pentecost, 
There were only 120 there. So what happened? These people were, you know, everyone would have been incredibly excited. Excited, You know, Jesus was there. They saw him, his final words of encouragement to wait and stay in Jerusalem. And, and there he is, and he's giving them direction. And their faith would have been strong initially. Oh, yes, great, today. But then what about the next day? Oh, the Lord, yeah, well, I'm, I actually I've got things to do at work. And the next day, oh, where, oh, is this going to work? Jesus, I wonder if he, you know, and, and so just it was only 50 days. You know, day of Pentecost, 50 days after Passover, Less than 50 days, you know, a month and a bit, six weeks or whatever, and, and there they are, 120 of them. And yet they're the ones who stayed in faith each day, who saw and were part of the birthing of the church with the power of the Holy Spirit. What a day. What a day. Come on. Live, talk about, you know, living in the now. We do favorite thing around dinner time. What was your favorite thing? Today, not yesterday. There's something always, every day. Kids, what's your favorite? Oh, today. Oh, no, 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 favorite thing. Oh, okay. There's got to be something good. Yeah, so we lifted up. Imagine that. Well, today, I went to the prayer meeting and the Holy Spirit came and the church was birthed. Everyone spoke in tongues and the whole world's going to be turned upside down. And I was there. Woo! That's a pretty cool favorite thing, you know. But not everyone was there. So, and you've heard it said before, God sometimes takes a long thing, long time to do something suddenly. So they waited, they waited. And then it says, Acts chapter 2, suddenly the Holy Spirit came. And so they stayed in faith. And you never know when that day of suddenly is going to happen. But you want to be there. And you'll be there if you stay in faith. And the faith that we have keeps us, you know, in the right position for that promise to be fulfilled. And in the same way, you know, there are people here today who have had to stay in faith praying for things and praying for people over time to see them come to pass. I see Byron who prayed for 10 years or more for his grandparents. And then one day they were leaving their home. They had witnessed, visited, and, and, and they were, I think in the car and Byron felt compelled to go back in for, for no other reason but to just ask them, challenge them again. Why don't you give your life to the Lord? And they're not that young, so it was time that they really need to, to make. And they did. They responded and gave their lives to Christ. And other people and mums here, you would know. There are you know, children that you've prayed for, and maybe you haven't seen the fulfillment completely of all those prayers, but you want to stay in faith. Keep believing God today. Let me encourage you along those lines with one final verse. Hebrews chapter 10. Do not throw away your confidence, it says in verse 35. Do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you've done the will of God, you'll receive what he has promised. So persevering means having faith every day. Because if you just put your faith in the future, you're not living there. Here is your chance today to trust in God, draw close to God, stand on that promise and see something change. So maybe today, you know, you've been praying for loved ones or you've got a dream that you've let go of or, or, or maybe you've ever, never really caught a dream for, from God. Today is the day to, you know, catch a hold of that. And, uh, and rather than just say, oh, well, guess, you know, maybe I guess it might happen one day. Today is the day of salvation. Now is a time for God's favor. And so I want to encourage you to stay in faith persevere in faith and keep your now kind of faith alive don't give up come on church come on let's keep you know trusting in god wherever it may be 
uh, and, and especially if you need to invite Jesus into your heart, don't ever put it off. Do it today. If you've never made a, a connection, a personal commitment to God, you can be a nice person. You can go to church. You can own a Bible. You can be a good citizen and all that. That's not what it is to be a Christian. Being a Christian is a personal relationship with God. And he's done all he can on the cross to make that possible for us. We need to make a, a commitment in the here and now for that. And so I encourage you to, you know, trust in God and believe for that dream and forget yesterday, plan for tomorrow, but have now faith today. Amen? All right, let's pray. Let's just close our eyes and bow our heads for a moment in prayer before the Lord. As I said, if you haven't ever made a personal commitment to Christ to make him your Lord and Savior, I invite you to do that today. You can pray with someone near you if they brought you to church, or you can come and see me at the end of the service. We've got a little booklet we can give you, tell you more about what it is to be a Christian. And I encourage you to make that personal decision. And for all of us, Lord God, I pray, we thank you that you are here, you are present, that in your presence there is fullness of joy. We can live in your presence. I pray each one of us taking the opportunity to walk with you, to pray without ceasing, to be connected with you every moment of every day, not just putting you off, not leaving you in the past. Everything we do, everywhere we go, Jesus with us, our Lord, our Saviour, our leader, and also our brother, our best friend. And Spirit of God, you live within us, speaking to us, directing us, correcting us, challenging us, even rebuking us and convicting us of sin. Holy Spirit, we thank you. You'll speak to us and say, that's not the way to go. This is the way. Walk this way. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that each one of us walks and leaves here today with you present in our lives. We want to believe for things today. We thank you that things are changing today. Take what, what is it in your life that you've perhaps put off, haven't addressed? Repentance from sin, a dream that you've forgotten, a laziness in your life of, of planning and maybe you need to get a hold of God's direction and say, yes, Lord, I'll, I'm hearing you. I'm going to do that. I'm going to start that. I'm going to... You know, take a hold of that commitment today, right now, today, the first day of the rest of our lives. What a great day to live. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. We hope you have enjoyed this message and feel challenged and encouraged. Please let others know about this free podcast so they too can grow and learn to live their best life. You can find out more about our church and ministries at www.c3cc.org.au. God bless you.